Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about something that I think uh, is pressing for many, something that I think uh, can be a big issue, uh, and especially with some of the um, maybe perceived rockiness in the stock market right now, I think it's important to talk about uh, this potential likelihood for some investors, and that is a pullback early in retirement. And we'll talk about what uh, that may mean for the investor, what that may mean that you need to do in order to make sure that your money can still last and that you can maintain your retirement income and that you can uh, maintain retired in the first place. Okay, so stick around for a conversation about all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the bigger subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can be in working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day basis. Now, over the past few days, other than yesterday, right, the stock market has been a bit rocky. Right, we've seen uh, some losses in a day of uh, over a percent and a half. Uh, the market itself is down a couple of percent, right? Uh, and we're just seeing some September weakness, right? This is not something to be way too stressed out about, way too worried about, uh, especially the longer you have to invest, right? The longer that any of us have to invest, the less we have to worry about short-term market fluctuations, right? Market dips are not that big a deal uh, when you are young, when you have time to invest. If anything, the more severe the market dip, the better for somebody who is young uh, because they can buy at lower and lower prices uh, in order to get better and better returns over a long period of time, right? So if you're young, market dips, large market corrections, uh, bear markets, they can be uh, useful for you in order to make great long-term returns. Now, the difference between that investor uh, and the investor who is older is uh, quite stark, right? There's a very stark difference. And uh, one of those differences is between that investor and the investor that is retiring or on the verge of retiring. Uh, They're right there at the beginning, right? And they want to uh, keep some type of, uh, you know, stock market allocation as they should uh, in their nest egg as they go to uh, retire. They want to invest in the stock market. They probably need to create some returns in the stock market, right? Uh, But they don't know how to navigate what a stock market dip would mean for them. Right. What would it mean for their portfolio if as soon as uh, they retired just shortly after, you know, you had a 10 percent correction or a 20 percent uh, you know, bear market situation? Right. What would that actually look like for their portfolios and how can they set their portfolios up uh, in order to uh, be a bit saved from this? Right. How can they navigate these waters? That's what I want to talk about today. Now, while the market has slid a bit as of late, right, it's a good reminder that down markets can pose significant sequence of returns risk uh, in early years of retirement. That risk basically is how the order or the sequence of stock returns over time combined with your portfolio withdrawals can impact your balance down the road. Now, 
what this is saying is uh, not necessarily that you can't make good long-term returns. It's just saying the order in which you receive those returns can be problematic in retirement because if you begin retirement, right, where you're taking money out of your nest egg and you're losing money in the market, you're getting double whammies there at the very beginning, right? So early on downturns are very, very tough uh, to come back from, especially the larger that they are. Now, if there's a downturn early on, it can derail a whole retirement plan, right? Uh, this is 100% true. Uh, the Dow Jones shed 1.8% on Monday, while the S&P 500 dropped 1.7%, and the NASDAQ lost 2.2%. Although stocks climbed a bit on Tuesday, there is persistent uncertainty among investors uh, over whether a bigger pullback is on the horizon. For long-term savers, those who retirement is many years away uh, or even decades away, such market drops matter less because there's time for their portfolios to recover before they need to start relying on the money for cash flow. Like I was saying, Right. If you have a long time horizon, if you are young, if you're investing over a long period of time, then you don't have to worry about this. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the market dropping in the short term. But what if you're about to retire? What if you're just starting retirement? Uh, the stakes are much, much higher. Now, if there is a big loss in the market and you're taking withdrawals, you could be taking more from your portfolio uh, than what it can make up for. Right. This is 100 percent true. Now, if that happens early in retirement, the recovery may be weak and put you in danger of not recovering at all or being lower uh, than where you would have been, therefore jeopardizing your retirement lifestyle. Now, to illustrate how a sequence of returns can impact your savings, say a person had retired uh, at the turn of the century with $1 million invested in the S&P 500 and withdrew $40,000 each year with withdrawals after the first year adjusted 2% for inflation, right? In 2020, the remaining balance would be about $470,000, according to Ben Carlson at Ritholz Wealth Management, which uh, I really like Ben. He does a podcast called Animal Spirits, really, really awesome uh, podcast, um, and he, he gives some really good takes. Now, in this scenario, the portfolio would have been subject to a bear market at the outset of the person's retirement, right? Because uh, the dot-com bubble and uh, you had 9-11 occur then, and there was just a lot of uncertainty, right? But they would have also seen a long-running bull market uh, that began in 2009 and has uh, basically gone on to today other than the coronavirus crash, right? Uh, so it would have seen a couple of big losses. It would have seen the, the lost decade, which you know was 2000, 2001, all the way to uh, 2009, where you basically didn't make any money in the market. Now, however, if the order of yearly returns were flipped, the gains posted by the S&P 500 at the end of the 20 years happened first and the early bear market happened last, right? That same person would have more than $2.3 million after withdrawing the $40,000 or the inflation adjusted amount year after year. Now, again, it's not the specific returns over time that matter so much, but it is the order of those returns. And I've got bad news for you. You cannot control the order in which returns happen, right? You cannot control whether or not you're going to begin your retirement life with big returns or not. All you can control is that you have proper asset allocation, you have uh, proper money, you've done the proper risk adjustments, uh, and that you can make sure that you have enough money in order to make up for the fact that you may have uh, some losses early on in retirement. But you can combat risk in other ways as well. Now, there are some options for mitigating this risk. The first is to simply plan to spend more conservatively, right? This, I think, is the best plan. 
I think it's the the best thing that you can do is you can plan to spend more conservatively. I think uh, people really cut it close with their retirement planning. They really cut it close with the income that they think they can create from their portfolios, right? So you can spend less consistently. You can withdraw less. You can uh, keep a side job in retirement. You can do all types of things uh, in order to make sure that you don't use as much of that retirement nest egg as you would have previously. Now, Another strategy is to adjust uh, your spending when your portfolio performance is suffering. So you look at your expenses and see if there are any that you can stop if the portfolio is struggling. That way you can limit your withdrawals as things are going awry. So uh, maybe you don't take a trip or you delay a large renovation that would require a big distribution or something like that. Right? You can also actively reduce risk in your portfolio. For instance, you could have low stock allocation early in retirement, but increase it over time or use bonds for short-term expenses and stocks for long-term ones. Right? I think that's pretty interesting. Right? Uh, you use more stable um, investments for your short-term expenses, and then uh, you allow stocks to continue to grow and don't uh, take distributions from those particular investments over time. So in that way, you are strategically reducing volatility. The last option is to have assets outside your investment portfolio that can support your spending needs when stocks are underperforming, right? So basically, uh, you could either you know just have cash sitting around uh, or whatever else it may be. Maybe it's an annuity. Maybe it's something like that. I've talked about annuities before. Haven't really gone deep into them, but uh, some stream of cash flow. Uh, maybe it is rental properties, rental real estate, or whatever uh, when stocks are underperforming, right? You could use that as a temporary resource while you wait for your portfolio to recover, right? The buffer can be cash. It can be, um, some people suggest a reverse mortgage or line of credit or life insurance policies. All those things I think are bad ideas, right? Um, I, I just, I don't think any of those are good products. You can uh, argue with me about it later, but I don't think those would be good for any of us. And then additionally, given how well the market has generally performed over the last decade, you may simply be able to meet your goals without taking on the risk that comes with stocks, right? You could take some of that volatility off the table. You could really limit your stock allocation and thus uh, have enough money over the long term in retirement, right? So I think this is very relevant, right? I think this is something that all recent retirees or those who are going into retirement and are going to rely on a nest egg over a long period of time, I think those individuals need to understand this because um, if you get into retirement and you know, you're very stock heavy and something does occur early on in retirement, it can be so, so tough to dig yourself out of that hole and keep doing what you're doing, right? This is why so many individuals uh, end up working again in retirement. This is why uh, you can see individuals who, uh, you know, they end up eating into their principal a lot easier than they wanted to, right? I don't think eating into your principal is such a bad thing, but I think you should have so much principal that your withdrawal rate gets pulled down really, really low. And the lower your withdrawal rate is, uh, the less you impact your nest egg uh, by the losses that you may take uh, in your stock portfolio. So let's just say, right, that you know, you've got a $2 million portfolio, you're taking, uh, I don't know, 40000 let's say $50,000 a year off of that portfolio, right? That's 4%. That's a 4% withdrawal from that particular portfolio. You take that 4% withdrawal and, you know, you're, you're good with that, you're living on that, everything's cool, right? But let's say the market, uh, you know, let's say it dropped 10%. Now your $2 million portfolio is only worth uh, you know, 1.8 million. Okay. Oh, whoop-de-doo, 1.8 million, right? But now you're relegated to not 
um, the $50,000 a year that you previously uh, had there, you're relegated to less, right? But if you leave enough cushion in your budget in order to take less, but keep taking the same percentage, then you can be perfectly fine. Or if you have enough money saved up uh, to where you're never worried about your ability to create the amount of income that you're going to need over time, and you kind of run those scenarios out, then you can be perfectly fine as well. Ultimately, it comes down to the amount of money that you save for retirement and then some strategic choices that you can make in the short term. I think the strategic choices matter a lot less than the long-term choices that you make. Yes, of course, you can take money off of bonds instead of stocks. You can reduce your, your stock allocation, reducing your volatility, all these different things. You can absolutely do those things and there, there's no uh, negative to it necessarily, right? But if you are not doing all of the right things up until retirement, and if you're not choosing the proper time to retire, and I'm not talking about timing the market to retire, because I think a lot of people try to do that, and that's just the improper approach. We are not market timers when we invest. We should not be market timers when we are trying to retire either, right? Uh, I don't think that's what we should be uh, focusing on. I think what we should be focusing on is the correct time to retire when it comes to the amount of money that we have saved up. For instance, I'll just kind of tell you what I am comfortable with, what I think uh, would be fantastic in retirement, what would be great uh, to have in retirement. And um, you can just you know kind of take something from here and, and hopefully use it in your own life as well. So let's just think about an individual or a family who's like, okay, I think $100,000 a year, we live on it while we're working, we can live on it in retirement, that would be uh, something good uh, to have in our pocket. Okay, uh, so $100,000 a year. No big deal, okay? Well, what that means is that you're going to have to have a portfolio that creates $100,000 a year in income, okay? Well, if you want $100,000 a year, that's going to be, um, if you're talking about a 4% uh, withdrawal rate, that's going to be a $2.5 million portfolio. If you want less than that 4% withdrawal rate, if you only want, let's say, a 2% withdrawal rate, that's going to be uh, a $5 million portfolio. Okay, so $5 million, that's a, that's a pretty big um, you know, portfolio to build up. That, that's absolutely no slouch, right? Uh, but what you have to keep in mind is that even though that's a very large portfolio, right, that can provide you with more safety. The larger your portfolio is, the more safety you have against this type of risk in retirement. Because uh, I think a lot of people will look at their, their nest egg and then go, I'm going to apply uh, this 4% withdrawal rule, or I'm going to apply a 6% withdrawal that I'm going to take. Instead of saying, how much money do I need to live? How much money do I need uh, to you know, do all the things that I want to do? And then reverse engineering from there, right? Because the value of your nest egg is going to fluctuate. That's just fact, right? The value of your nest egg is going to go up and down throughout retirement, 100%, right? But the amount of income that you take is what's going to remain stagnant most likely or is going to be stagnant plus inflation, right? Uh, so it's going to, in real terms, remain uh, relatively stagnant. So if that's the case, that you're keeping uh, a, a constant real uh, rate that you're taking off of your uh, portfolio, then what you need to make sure of is that that real rate can be uh, taken care of quite easily. So if you're talking about a 2% withdrawal rate, Right, and let's say uh, you tack on two percent inflation on top of that. That means your money has to make four percent on average over a long period of time. Right now, I think that a four percent rate of return, a four percent 
uh, withdrawal rate is a very safe withdrawal rate. I think it's very easily done, right? But the problem is when people need $100,000 a year and they have a million dollars in their nest egg, right? And you're saying, oh, well, that's just 10% a year. The market's created 10% over a long period of time. Uh, you shouldn't have a problem. But let's say within that first year, let's say the market drops 20%, market drops 20% down to 800,000. You take your 100,000 off. Now you have $700,000. The market grows uh, 10%. What do you get uh, in that next year? That next year, now you've only got $770,000. Well, you need to take another $100,000 off of that you know, money that you have. That is a big problem, right? Losses, especially big losses early on in retirement can be so, so hurtful, especially if you're really pushing uh, the boundaries of what you have there. Because if the same occurred with a $5 million nest egg, right? You have a $5 million nest egg, it gets knocked down to $4 million, right? So regardless, you're still going to be okay. So you take uh, 100000 off of that $4 million. Now you've got $3.9 million. The market grows, let's say, 10% the next year. Now, you are, now you're up to, what, $4.29 million again, right? This is something that is more sustainable. And then your money can move in the right direction. So you want to keep as low a withdrawal rate as possible because that is uh, being conservative with your money. That is being conservative uh, with what you have. Now, the, the issue here with uh, conservative withdrawal rates is that most people don't build up nest eggs big enough to have conservative withdrawal rates, right? They, you know, just do the bare minimum to get to this, you know, million dollar number, this number that they think can start providing income for them. And, you know, whatever, I, I understand, right? I understand you wanting to uh, do things to, to get to a certain goal. That's perfectly fine. But we need to overshoot our goals almost, right? Uh, we need to make sure that we have some cushion there because without that cushion, uh, we can end up eating into our principal over time. And that is the last thing that we want. That's the last thing that we want to happen. And we don't want to be sitting around trying to time the market because the likelihood is that we'll be sitting around waiting for returns uh, that just haven't come or uh, we'll be sitting around you know waiting for a crash that's just not going to come right uh, this is a problem that a lot of people have had right I think um, even after you know 2016 or 2017 people have seen big run-ups in the stock market and they were like I just don't know how this thing can go any higher I, I want my money out I'm too worried about a crash all these types of things all right but you look up four or five years later uh, and I mean we are just off of all-time highs uh, and those all-time highs are far higher than they were four or five years ago Okay, so the idea that we can time the market and that we can uh, take risk off the table at the correct time is very, very difficult uh, to determine. But what you do know is that you can control the amount of money that you put in your nest egg over time. So this is far less of a decision in retirement or right before retirement, but it's far more of a decision of long-term investing and long-term decision-making. Because if you decide in your 20s, hey, I'm going to actively uh, be very aggressive with my investing. I'm going to you know, invest uh, very large amounts of my income in the stock market over long periods of time and just allow it to grow and grow and grow and grow for me, right? And then you look up later and you have a sizable nest egg, right? And that sizable nest egg can be something that can sustain you over a long period of time. But if you put off investing, it's going to be harder to build up the nest egg you need. If you don't uh, invest very much 
It's going to be harder to build up the nest egg that you need, right? You have to be very, very intentional with the amount of money that you're putting away and what you're investing that money in. Because I've seen a lot of people uh, who are very good savers, they'll put money into a 401k fantastically, right? Uh, but the problem is they're invested in, uh, you know, they're in their 20s and they're invested in uh, 50-50 portfolios or uh, they're invested in uh, some stable fund or whatever uh, the, you know, baseline is for a particular portfolio uh, or a particular 401k or something like that, right? And you look and you go, well, you're doing part of this, right? Right? You're putting money away in an aggressive manner, but you're just not investing it well. And that can be a problem too, because not only do we need to put money away aggressively, we need that money to be growing and you know using the power of compound interest to become worth more and more and more over time. If we're not doing that, then we're going to miss out on returns. We're going to miss out on money that we could have later on in our retirement lives, right? We need to make sure uh, that we are doing all the right things leading up to retirement, right? And then retirement is not so big of a trick. Now you can look and go, okay, I have a sizable nest egg. I have uh, quite the cushion, right? And if you have more of a cushion, uh, then you can be in a position where uh, it's not such an issue when you have a market pullback maybe early on in your retirement if you in fact do, right? Now, something else that can be a big part uh, of what's going on here, again, the this article that I'm looking at, it uh, talks about uh, you know spending more conservatively. I think that's true, but I, again, I think this is long-term planning, not something that you can control in the short term. Because let's say you go into retirement and you have a lot of debt, right? Let's say you've got a car uh, or multiple car notes that you're paying on. Let's say you've got a mortgage you're paying on. You're paying on credit cards. You've uh, got all these different things, all these different types of debt uh, that are just around your neck, right? But you still want to retire because you think, oh, I can make the income, right? Well, you may be pushing the limits of what you can do in retirement with all that debt around your neck. But if you're out of debt, and especially if you're out of debt and have no mortgage, right, then your spending is greatly reduced in retirement, right? The amount of money that you're actually going to need to sustain your life decreases, right? And the amount of money that you wanted to do, whatever you want to do in retirement on uh, may remain the same, but you're going to decrease a lot of your just monthly systematic expenses uh, that you had going on there, which is fantastic because then that means that you can have uh, less money that you're taking out every single month or every year uh, in retirement. Thus, uh, your nest egg's not going to be under as much fire if there is a pullback because you're not taking as much money out as you would have been previously if you had a lot of debt, okay? So being debt-free is a huge decision that you can make. It's a huge thing that you can do uh, for yourself in retirement, right? It, people think of it as something you can do now, and, and I think it's true, right? It's going to help you uh, to not have strained cash flow, which is such a big deal um, in your pre-retirement years, all these years when you're working and uh, trying to save money and trying to invest and trying to spend money on things and uh, having kids and doing all these different things, right? Uh, but when you actually get to retirement, right, and you're out of debt, I mean, that just opens up the door for you, right? You owe nobody money. And when you owe nobody money, then all of the money in your retirement accounts is going to be yours, right? It's going to be your money. Now, something else that I don't think a lot of people take into account and can be just a triple whammy when it comes to investment accounts, uh, because a lot of people just don't know that this is true, uh, is the idea of taxes, okay? Taxes are a big deal, and especially in retirement accounts because so many people have uh, pre-tax accounts, meaning traditional accounts where they've put money in, they've gotten a tax break on the money that they put in, that money grows tax deferred, but then when they take it out in retirement, uh, that money is all taxable, okay? So let's say you've got 
a million dollar nest egg and you need $50,000 a year. Okay. In order to get that $50,000 a year that you need, you're going to have to take out a fair amount more than $50,000 a year. Let's say uh, you're going to have to pay 25% total in taxes between uh, state and federal taxes. Or let's just say, uh, to be a little more conservative, let's say 20%, right? Let's say that's what you have to pay. So if you had $50,000 and you have to pay uh, 20% in taxes, that means you're actually going to have to take $62,500 out of your account just to get $50,000 net, Okay. So you've naturally just increased your withdrawal rate uh, by 1.25%, right? You've increased your withdrawal rate in a very real way. Now, not only are you going to withdraw more money, right, from your account, uh, you can also have a market pullback while you're withdrawing that money and you have to pay taxes on that money. It can be a triple whammy and can force you even further uh, downward in the amount of um, you know, money that you have in your investment. So that's why... I tell you all the time, if you can get tax-free money like Roth money, uh, that can be extremely useful for you in retirement because uh, with that, it's the amount of money you have is the amount of money you have. You don't have to pay taxes on it. You don't have to worry about uh, having to shell out even more on top of uh, you know the market going down and you having to take the distribution that you're choosing to take, right? So taxes can play a big part. Ultimately, right, we just have to be very conservative. Ultimately, it really boils down to this. Be a conservative spender and be out of debt, right? And be an aggressive investor and build up as big a nest egg as you can. Because those two things combined turn into a large nest egg with very low expenses, which makes it to where a pullback is not going to make as big a difference uh, in the way that you live your life as it would otherwise, right? I don't want you to be struggling in retirement. I don't want you to get into retirement and then realize that you can't sustain it and then have to go back to work. I don't want any of those things for you. I want you to get in retirement and do all the things you've always wanted to do, right? But it takes work today. It takes work when you're 25. It takes work when you're 30 or when you're 40, right? Uh, it takes work early on. And once you get that work pushing in the right direction, you're doing things, you're pushing in the right direction, right? And you're aggressively investing, you're getting out of debt, you're spending more conservatively, you're doing all these things, right? Then you can finally get to a retirement that is going to be worth something. But if you are a heavy spender, if you don't invest aggressively, if you're uh, you know, just not very responsible with your money, then you're not going to be very responsible with it in retirement either, right? And so you're going to get into retirement. And then what seemed like a lot of money can vanish very, very, very quickly. Okay. I don't want that for any of you. And I know a lot of you may be listening to this and going, but Dylan, I'm 27 years old. I'm you know, 34 years old. Why are we talking about retirement withdrawals? Why are we talking about uh, pullbacks in the stock market in retirement? Because I'm trying to plant seeds. I'm trying to make it all the more relevant that you go and do something today. That's my goal every time that I talk to you guys is that you know more today uh, than you knew yesterday. And the amount that you know today can lead you to more action today. Or in some cases, uh, it can lead you to stop certain actions uh, that you're taking today, right? I, I want you to actually go out and do something. And the do something here, if you're young, is get out of debt and invest aggressively, right? That is the do something behind today's episode. Because if you don't do that, then what I'm talking about today is going to be all the more relevant for you later on. I don't want this to have to be relevant for you. I want you to look and go, oh, I've got plenty of money in the nest egg to cover whatever I want to cover as far as the amount of money that I take out of the account. I, I don't have to pay that much in taxes because I got a lot of tax-free money. I'm not all that worried. I want that to be you. But if you don't focus on it now, 
If you don't put all the right pieces in place now, then later on, you will be disappointed. 100%. 100%. Right? This requires planning. It requires a long-term time horizon. And if you don't put the time in, you don't do the correct things now, then later on, you're going to be very frustrated with yourself. So I don't want to paint a dire picture. I want to be very positive. Right? But I also want you to get up off your butt and do something. I want you to actually go uh, and start getting out of debt investing aggressively. And then if you are somebody who's closer to retirement, uh, you can take some of the the tips and tricks that we talked about in today's episode and apply them to your own life. And maybe you even need to rethink the idea of retiring right now. That seems horrendous to some people, but it may be the truth of the matter. So hopefully this helps all of you guys. It helps people of all ages and all stages of life uh, to prepare for this possibility in their retirement life. And hopefully you can prepare for it in a way uh, that will actually make it a non- issue for you and you won't have to worry so much about the pullbacks that other people dread. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to the show on a day-to-day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.